Good evening, everybody. We are right back here. It's ya boys, Red Lanyard and the Wise Sage, also known as Al and Josh, if you aren't as into the internet um, pseudonyms, if you will. And we are back with another edition of Fandom Talk. Uh, this is our second episode of a new thing we're, uh, we're doing for the beautiful, glorious month of October, which is Fandom Horror Fest. And we are or here. Christmas, as we like to call it. <laughs> exactly. My my Christmas month. Um, so we are doing, uh, we got all kinds of articles up on the site. Um, we're doing a podcast where we talk about um, various big horror movies, which you're listening to right now. Um, we've got streams going on on Twitch. We uh, we might have some some video content coming up in the future. It's a it's a big month. It's a big month for fandom correspondence, and we're very happy that you have chosen to to spend it with us. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm Al. Uh, my compadre here is Josh. Josh, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing real good, man. I'm ready to talk about Satan and heretics, so it'll be a real lot of fun here. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always amped to talk about both of those things. So, so I feel you. Um, so yeah, just real quick before we hop in, um, as I said, it, it is Horror Fest month. Uh, we're doing all kinds of stuff on the website. Um, if you're interested, please visit us at our website and of correspondence. Um, and then we also have um, a very special project we're doing. If you visit our Patreon, which is just uh, the fandom correspondence at patreon.com. Um, we are doing a special deal where um, give us $1, the price of a of a bean and rice taco at Taco Bell. Uh, just give us $1. And for one time a donation of $1 to your Patreon, uh, you can vote on what the last horror film josh and i um are gonna talk about on this month is uh we got a, f a few coming up we got uh we did one last week we're doing one this week uh, we're doing a couple more already planned then the last one is completely up to our patrons on patreon so if you're interested uh hop on there just kind of toss a dollar our way and vote on uh the horror film you want us to talk about and rant about and share our our wild stream of consciousness words with you about uh, yeah speaking of stream of consciousness words um <laughs> today's film we're talking about is the witch mm. Mm, the witch yeah. Um, yeah oh yeah uh a24 film came out uh the 2015 2016 yeah uh, i saw it january of 2016 that's when okay. i saw um, yeah, uh, directed by um, Eggers, Eggers, Eggers. Um, so yeah, um, I enjoyed the film, but I thought since I kind of um, was kind of posed as the expert last week when we talked about The Shining, which everybody should go back and listen to that if you haven't already, um, I thought I would uh, post up my boy Josh as the expert on this one, because this one, the witch, um, or the vich, as some people call it, um, this one has some, some 
religious themes, if you will, some some socio-spiritual stuff going on in it. So I thought I would uh, kind of turn this one over to Josh since he is the the theological expert at the Phantom Correspondence. Um, and I would just be fascinated to hear what he has to say about this film. So let's get into it. Josh, just kind of in general, um, is this a horror film you like? Yeah, I like uh, I like it. I, I think I told you uh, when we were putting this together, um, this was a film when I saw it. Um, I saw it with two friends, uh, two of my close friends, uh, Micah and Kyle, and they came out of the theater just enthralled and they loved it. And I, I remember, you know, Kyle thought it was the best movie of the year. And, you know, and I just, it was a, it was a, you know, they were just enamored with it. And I was a little more uh, backward about it, I guess. I didn't, um, you know, I, I just, I, I, I might've been in a mood, you know, uh, sometimes when you watch a movie and you're in a certain mood, it doesn't hit you the right way. So I was really intrigued to see it again. I think, Watching it the second time through, um, I'm a little more open to its themes. Um, I'm also way more enamored with what they did um, as far as uh, cinematography goes. This is a this this is a movie mm. Mm. Uh, that uh, from a cinema uh, from a cinematographical standpoint. I don't know if that's a word, but but anyway, <laughs> from 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 the standpoint of how you shoot a film, how about that? Um, the symbolism in this movie is is really really stark, and uh, I don't think I really got that the first time through. Uh, I was a little upset with the ending the first time through. I thought, uh, you know, because I didn't, um, you know, uh, this time through I'm, I'm not as upset with it. I will say this: here's here's the here's the since I'm going to be the the preacher guy here, I'm going to tell you right now. 95% of the problems in this movie, actually 100% of the problems in this movie, okay, could come from an old preacher tale uh, that I've said several times in several sermons. Uh, it's a story. It's probably uh, apocryphal. But anyway, uh, uh, this guy walks up to a preacher at the end of a sermon, and he says, hey, preacher, I've been trying not to sin. I've been doing everything I can not to sin. I've been doing everything to avoid sin, but sin keeps happening. What do I do? And the preacher just looks at him and says two words, and he says, do good. And the issue of this movie, when I watch it the second time through, and that this didn't come through the first time, second time through when you're watching it, all the problems here arise from the fact that no one in this family, with the exception of Thomason, wants to do good. Uh, they're all extremely prideful. Um, they're all very much wrapped up within themselves. Um, and they, they can't see past their own nose. The only character in this entire movie that wants to do good is Thomason. And, uh, and so I think, uh, I think that's, that's the, that's the takeaway I have from this movie is that, you know, we, we can talk about the hypocrisy of the, they're not even, I mean, they're so hip, hypocritical that Puritans are kicking them out. We can talk about all that and, and everything. There's a lot to discuss there. But at the end of the day, you know, if if this family had been more inclined to do actual good, I don't think they would have fallen so far into the witches' schemes. Oh, and by the way, uh, since I've, uh, I, I do want to mention this, that I personally ascribe to that with this film that everything that happens in this film should be taken at face value. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, like there's a, 
there's a lot. Uh, yeah, like I said, there's a there's a reading out there where like a lot of this is in people's heads and things like that. I don't I don't take that into consideration at all. I think there's a I think there's several witches in the woods. I think the goat is the devil. You know, I think those two little twins are demons, and I think they should have been killed within the first twenty seconds of this movie. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 I'm being facetious, of course, but like I will say. Probably one of my favorite parts of this movie is when the when the dad picks up the the one and says, "Well, give me a hammer. I'm just going to bash this one's head in." And I'm just like, "About time, man!" Like, gee, yeah, creepy little twin kids. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, but overall, no, I I, I really like the movie. Um, you know, I, I thought it was uh, uh, you know, I, I still think I, I think it does ask a lot of questions, um, uh, of society and uh, and really, and I, I mean, I, you know. <clears throat> if it had a different ending, you know, it'd be something that I'd, I would say to most Christians that they need to watch because there is a lot there. Uh, I think the ending kind of throws that for a loop, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but there but there is a lot there that I think uh, the church could take from today. But, uh, mm. but yeah, what did you think of as a horror movie, Al? Uh, I thought it was interesting. Yes, yeah, so this was my second uh, time seeing it. Um, I watched it. Um, Oh, when it first came out, I think I caught it um, like a year after it came out when it was on Netflix. Um, and uh, uh, um, I really enjoyed it then. Uh, and I, um, I enjoyed it this time as well. Um, I gotta say, this is one that um, I kind of go back and forth on as far as um, its qualifications as a horror film. So like, again, this is a film, The Witch. Um, it's done by A24 uh, studio. Um, anybody who watches a lot of horror or horror-esque stuff um, has heard of A24. Um, the studio that put out um, this, they put out Hereditary, they put out Midsummer, they put out uh, of The Lighthouse. Um, so, um, and this film definitely fits into the kind of tone that uh, that studio of films usually does. Um, um I enjoy this one. Um, I probably enjoyed the most out of all of those films I just named. Uh, but A24 has kind of a habit where um, I'll watch the stuff they put out and I'm kind of, I'm unconvinced that a lot of their stuff they put out is actually a horror film. Um, and I don't think that's their fault because I don't necessarily think they intend for audiences to have the major takeaway of, oh, this is a horror film that I just watched. Um, I think it's a lot more audiences are like expecting it to be or like have assumed it is um, every time they go into one. Um, so yeah, The Witch, I don't know, man. I struggle. I go back and forth on it a little bit. We talked about last week what it means to, to be a horror film and I said that um, the definition I use is there has to be the filmmaker's intention 
uh, their primary intention is to scare you or unsettle you and that there has to be some kind of central catalyst that causes the fear. Um, and um, I don't know, Josh, I'm unconvinced that their that their main intention was to scare people in the witch. I think their main intention was to say some things about, um, about the church and about religious hypocrisy and things like that. But I'm personally kind of unconvinced that it's a horror film in the most strict sense of the term. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, I think there's definite moments where they're trying to unsettle you. Mm-hmm. I think there's, there's definite, um, unsettling things that happen in this movie. Um, I do think the, the focus, um, kind of the nexus of all the conversation would probably be, you know, about religion. Okay. Um, because you've got a fight basically between two religions happening here. Uh, even though only, only, even though it <laughs> seems only one of the religions actually understands it's a fight, but like there's a fight between two religions happening in within this movie and how one of those religions is basically effective in what they do. And one of the religions is not, uh, so I, I do think that's maybe where where the conversation is. That being said, um, I do remember sitting, you know, in the in the theater, and this is why I, you know, like I, I you know, like because I, I don't want to give away, you know, because we we can talk about the ending later. But mm-hmm. you know, like you said, you were like you know really shocked at the ending when you first saw it, and I remember sitting in the theater and like watching, you know, like I said, within it's within twenty minutes of this movie you know, where the witch steals the baby and there's this really like probably the most unsettling graphic, uh, witch, um, like, I don't know, an incantation, like that's really, really disturbing, uh, stuff going on here where, you know, like, you know, she's, you know, she's got the baby, you know, the last thing you see is like the knife over the baby. Then there's like a pot and then there's like, <laughs> a stick, you know, and things are happening and like, she's moving around really strange, um, you know, and stuff like that. Like it's, it's a really, it's a really unsettling scene. Um, and it, and to me, it clues you in very early on that there is something within the forest, mm-hmm. um, that is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will agree with you here though, is like, you know, <laughs> the danger seems to arise more from what's happening within, you know, the little farmhouse than right. what's in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, so I agree there. Okay. Um, but, but here's the thing with that in mind, with the men, with the ending in mind though. Okay. If that goat is, you know, Satan the entire time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that, that casts a light on, on everything that happens within the movie. Um, so, so there's, there, yeah, I, I, I would say of the four movies you mentioned, okay, uh, Hereditary, Midsummer, uh, Lighthouse on this one, I would say this one is the most horror-like movie. I know that'd be weird for a lot of Hereditary fans. And I did realize one of the things I, I, I think I came, you know, one of the reasons I was so kind of bullish on Hereditary is because I feel like The Witch does everything Hereditary does only better, mm-hmm. um, particularly within 
you know, w- within the idea of, you know, forces attacking a family and that kind of thing. Um, you know, uh, but, but I, I, I think I, I would say of those four movies, I think this one probably is the most horror horror esque movie, but, uh, at the same time, you know, I think, uh, I would have to agree with you that, it, that, uh, it's, it's, it's total intent is not to scare you. Uh, it's probably to get us to have questions, you know, and long, uh, as you so eloquently put it, streams of consciousness podcasts, uh, you know, four years later. Absolutely. 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 But, um, yeah. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into the, the things that happen, um, in this film. So, um, so when it comes to horror films, the main thing I like to focus on are, um, are the characters in it. Um, and we are introduced very, um, very, very abruptly to uh, this cast of characters very early in the film. Um, and we see um, this this man and his family um, are in a kind of um, a kind of courthouse, if you will, um, and they were being interviewed by a. a Council, and as they talk and things like that, you get the understanding that you know this is a um, a colony in Erica, and um, the man has been accused of some kind of um, some kind of heresy or something along those lines um, that uh, the that. Uh, the Puritan Church of the Colony um, has disagreed with or found distasteful, if you will. And the man's not having it. He's not having their arguments. He calls them out on their own hypocrisy and nonsense. And he is banished from the village and he goes and starts his own new life out in the forest. And we're just kind of dumped into the movie there. Um, So, Josh, let me ask you this. What... What are your thoughts um, concerning the father in the family? Um, um, what kind of person is he? What kind of vibes did you get from him and his his possible heresy of of religion? Um, how did you feel about him? So the the father's the worst character in the movie. Okay, like, and that's 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 a. Uh, that's a statement I realize I'm saying with when there's a goat that's literally Satan, but the father's the worst. <laughs> He's the worst character in the movie. Everything bad that happens in this movie is because of the father. Uh, one of the tricks I think the movie plays on you is because of how shrill the mother is and how ridiculous, you know, like and how um, almost overacting she is doing. Um, you kind of think she's kind of the villain, but really it's the father because everything that happens in this movie is the father's fault. And his last words are corruption is my father. And that's, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, you, you, you got it in your last, in your last moments. Um, he, there's a really, you know, you, you, the movie, the movie gives you this, this really interesting thing where, uh, this, this kind of chain of events that happens where you start to see his, his version of Christianity 
is based upon some really rotten um, rotten morals. So, for example, you learn very early on, and this is a big point of contention within the movie because uh, everyone or the mother turns on Thomason really quickly within the movie because of what happens with the baby. Mm. And so, very early on, one of the things you learn is that uh, the father has taken the silver cup that was one of the things that mattered most to the mother and sold it or traded it for some traps and for, I think, a gun. I think the gun, that's how they got the gun, I believe. Mm. Uh, um, and so, in, in order to, you know, I mean, in order to survive, because their crops are not working. Um, very early on, you see the corn uh, is just black with fungus. Um, and so there's there's issues there. The pro- Which I don't blame him for doing that. The problem is, is that on two separate occasions, he allows Thomason to take the heat for that. He allows Thomason to take the heat for taking Caleb into the woods, um, you know, and so like he's he's willing to, you know, he's 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 willing to allow lies to be told that are undermining his family while he's watching it happen, um, and yet he wants to portray himself as this very pious, uh, you know, religious figure, you know, mm. uh, it's avoiding sin, and yet he's he's. He's allowing, he's, he's not allowing, he is actively committing sins that are eroding his family, you know? So like case, so like, you know, you know, like a sin that he might have that he might consider a sin would be like the consumption of alcohol. But I can tell you right now that like, if this dude had had a beer or if he had had, or if he had allowed, you know, a lie to be told on his daughter and him allow that lie to continue happening, you know, one of those is going to be a sin that's going to, you might get rid of real quickly. And the other one's going to be a sin that's going to last throughout the rest of your days or, well, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely the rest of his days. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's the, so the, the, the problem I have very early on with him is that you, you're, you've got a character who, uh, although he's very, you know, seemingly very pious, uh, it's really all a sham. And, and the, you know, uh, I'll talk about because yeah, we got to talk about Thomason later. But the mm-hmm. way he is shot is so perfect. Um, he's never when when you watch this movie, you know he's never really in the in the middle of the frame. He's always like he's to the left or to the right. You know mm-hmm. he's never dead center. You know, and I think what they're trying to tell you is like it's hard to get a read on him. Because, yes, he's very, you know, convicted in whatever belief that got him kicked out. But at the same time, you know, he's willing to, you know, basically steal his wife's cup under her nose and let someone else take the blame for it. Um, that's the type of character that's very hard to get a read on, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, no, uh, the father, I think I think he's the main villain. I mean, I think he's the villain mm-hmm. of, the, of the movie, you know, because everything bad that happens... Pretty much happens because of him. Mm. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you a follow up to that then. So, um, uh, so you being, um, so you being a pastor, and having, uh, I'm an academic as well as a practical background um, in th- theology of the Christian Church. Uh, let me ask you this: What, if any, um, ideas do you have 
um, concerning what his heresy was that got him and his family kicked out of the colony in the first place. Um, do you have any ideas about um, the things he might have said or done that caught the church's attention in that way? There's, Just based there's, on what you've seen in the movie? I have a few, but for me, I think the the one that the movie hints at is I don't think he wants to baptize babies. I think mm. he's against infant baptism. Um, the point, you know, the real issue here, okay, is you have a um, you know, and that, that's part of the theological thrust of this movie very early on is that the father here um, is not willing to say with any certainty uh, that someone uh, has salvation. Mm. Which, you know, like, I don't want to preach. I really don't. But, like, you know, if, if you're listening to this, like, this that's not a biblical tenet at all. Okay. Mm. Um, but like there's, but there's a, but he, he doesn't want to say that with any certainty. Like if you remember in the woods when they're discussing, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, like there's, you know, like Caleb asks, you know, like, well, Sam was born a sinner, you know? And he's like, yeah, yes. You know, so that means Sam's in hell. And like the father, here's the thing. The father's logic follows that Sam would be in hell, but he doesn't want to say that to Caleb. Right. So, like, he just goes with this really, like, non-committal, like, I can't say one way or the other. But in my opinion, you know, because the mother comes out and says, you know, my baby's in hell at one point. In my opinion, uh, he is he is against infant baptism. Um, and that's why he gets kicked out. And I th- that, that, that's, that, to me, is what I take from it. Um, you know, because there's really... Uh, you know, and well, and I mean, and and the idea of of the the uncertainty of salvation. I mean, look, Puritans Puritans are really like easy target. They really are, um, because of their extremist beliefs. Um, you know, and and because like we kind of we're in this era where we kind of make fun of purity. You know, I mean, and that word has a lot of connotations to it. But like one of the things pure, I mean, Puritans would have had a real issue with the idea that you could not know if you were saved from sin or not. They would have had a real issue with that. Mm-hmm. And so those two things I think are really striking to me, you know, because he's, um, he's a real stickler for the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet he's not willing to, you know, make statements about anyone's salvation. Um, and then also, <laughs> You know, taking that, you know, I mean, like if, 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 if salvation comes from baptism and the baby wasn't baptized, um, because even Puritans before they kicked him out, you know, like one of the things they would have done, uh, you know, they would have like before banishment, they would have like found a way to baptize that baby. I personally, that, that's where I think he's at. I think he, he's against infant baptism. And that's why he got kicked out because that's the I mean that's the crux of the movie. You know, the witch goes after the baby first, you know, to put that seed of doubt in the mind there. Um, you know, and uh so that that that's where I'm at on 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 why he would get kicked out. But I could be wrong on that. They really don't they don't give you a whole lot of hints. They really don't. Right. No, no. Yeah, they don't at all. Um okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. So um yeah. Everybody this is why I, Benefits to have, um, you know, a good inter uh, interdisciplinary team. 
<laughs> at your disposal, right? Because yeah. you can ask ask questions like that. You know, I could have all this psychology degrees in the world, but I don't have a whole lot to say about you know how a how a sect of Christianity in the sixteen hundreds would have interpreted heresy. You know, so there you go. That's good. It's good to have. Um, so um, yeah, so um, we've talked about the father. Um, I'm kind of in line with you about the father. I think the father is obviously, um, uh, if not the primary antagonist in the film, he's definitely a you know secondary antagonist, if you will. Um, there were several. There are several scenes in the witch that, like me, having grown up in in the church and in a religious household and all that, uh, there were a few scenes where. Um, the father is interacting with um, um, Thomas and Caleb, and um, I kind of like related to the kids in a couple of those scenes, just um, just from kind of healing their their irritation with um, their dad um, and just their dad's just just refusal to give them a straight answer on spiritual s- subjects or like refusing to see a d- different possible point of view or perspective. Um, so I think that regard was very well done. Um, and anybody, I think anyone who has, who's grown up in I'm a conservative household can almost identify with those scenes a bit. Um, but, um, so the father obviously is a very central part of the story. Uh, there's two other characters I want to talk about as well. Um, uh, Thomason is obviously one. I will s- s- save her. F- I'm to talk about here in a bit. But um, one character that I thought was really interesting, especially my second time seeing it, um, was uh, the boy. Caleb, um, Josh, can you tell me any any thoughts or vibes you got from his character in the film? Yeah, well, of course, Caleb. Um, Caleb serves as an interesting counterpoint to Thomason, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I agree, we need to save Thomason for last, okay? But Thomason's main, when you go back and you watch this, Thomason's main role in this. She's the only character that's honest all the way through. The all the way through. She's the only character that does not lie. Um, Caleb is a little different in that basically every aspect of his character is built on a lie. Um, he does not believe in the religion. I mean, he just doesn't. I mean, I, I, like I don't. I don't know. Like, you know, watching it the second time through, um, I see that even more. <laughs> Excuse you me. know, even more clearly than the first time. It's more. It's, it's not just that he's questioning uh, the religion. Um, he has very serious reservations about it, and to the point where, like, he just he's given up on any type of spiritual, uh, almost any type of spiritual guidance at all. Um, and that's in a way kind of what gets him in trouble um, because you know his he kind of his mistake, of course, is you know. Uh, going off into the woods uh, with Thomas in there at the end um, to, um, you know, to, uh, to 
look at the traps or whatever, uh, you know, and uh, so that Thompson and to get sent away. Um, but like his, his, yeah, he's because he doesn't really have that spiritual desire anymore. All of his stuff is practical. So like, it's very practical for him. Well, you know, you know, my, you know, like, uh, you know, the family falling apart around me. I'm going to tell this lie about seeing an apple tree, you know, uh, that's a very practical, you know, idea. Um, but it's a, you know, it's still a lie that, you know, just compounds the lies, uh, that end up once again, you know, kind of turning the entire family against Thomason. Um, and because he doesn't have that spiritual, um, that spiritual background, uh, or because he didn't have that spiritual basis, I think that's one of the reasons why his death scene uh, is the way it is, is because his death scene is basically a mockery of of the Christian religion. That's what it is. Um, you know, his his whole idea, you know, about because you know their 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 concept is you know like well if you can say you know the Lord's prayer if you can talk about Jesus or whatever you know then you're you're not a witch or whatever you know which is you know once again no basis for that in uh in 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 the bible but um you know he mocks that in his in his death scene you know with this really kind of creepy almost sexual uh prayer that he has at the end um and so, I mean, I think in a lot of ways his character represents, um, you know, this this is really uh, this not just questioning of the religion, but just really um, turning your back on it all altogether. Um, you know, because you know, I mean, that's because I, I think that, I think that's where he's at. You know, I think once, you know, I mean, and and, and I can't blame him. You know, I mean, religion has gotten him kicked out of his home. You know. Uh, religion is what's turning his family uh, against, you know, his only friend, which is Thomason. You know, I mean, religion is not doing a whole lot for him. And so I think that's his, that's what he represents within this movie. Um, but he also, I think, represents a lot of, of the, of the failures of, of the, you know, of the morals of this religion, because for him, it's nothing to lie. It's, you know, it's nothing to, and I'm going to leave all the sexual stuff to you because, you know, I think it's all very Freudian, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it's, but, I mean, I think it just is, but you know, it's nothing to lie. It's nothing to, you know, you know, to just, you know, to, to really, I mean, he, he doesn't, he doesn't have a whole lot of moral compunctures whatsoever. And so, um, you know, that, that I, I think because of that, I think he's supposed to be a counterpoint to Thomason on that, you know, because Thomason's really a very moral character. You know, but, uh, but yeah, that, that's how I see him. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, yeah. Um, it's interesting that he bring up the sexual stuff and say that like, you'll leave it to me, you know, the, because like, you know, I'm, I'm obviously a, a hardened of student of Sigmund Freud. Um, and the <laughs> and the revitalization of psychoanalysis over the last <laughs> over the last couple of decades, yeah. but um, but no, um, 
It's really interesting. The it's kind of, it's kind of a weird one because you see the theme of sexual repression come up in the story. However, you don't see it come up all that often. Which is interesting, and that's made even more interesting by the fact that you really only see it come up with any form of regularity um, in Caleb. When knowing uh, the context uh, that the director had, he's trying to question these ideas of hypocrisy and purity within that sect of the church and, and probably within religion in general. Um, that usually the textbook way to do that would be um, would be a bit more to show that that sexual repression or oppression on the side of a female character. So you would think it'd be a lot more evident in the film with scenes with Thomas and instead, but it really isn't until you get to the very end. And even then, I, I probably wouldn't even go so far to say it's really a depiction of sexual repression as it is just kind of changes the context a bit um, given the end of the film. But um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I'm not, I'm not going to say it was a bad decision to not lean more into this actually repressed side of things that they could have. Um, I'm not going to say that. I'm not a not a weird dude <laughs> like that. It's just like bring me all the sexual repression you have. <laughs> but uh, but um, I don't know. It was an interesting choice to show it um, almost entirely in one character and not really show it in the character you would expect to be shown in in a film about religious hypocrisy done in 2016. It was an interesting well, it, so, choice so, they made. Well, excuse me, when you say that, are you, so like, I don't even know how to ask this, but like, so, so, so you're, you're saying it would have, it would have made more sense for like, sheesh, I don't even know, like for Thomason to be like discovering her body or something like that more. Or like, I mean, you know, because like, because here's the thing. I, I personally think if if it so, if 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 the sexual repression stuff, which by the way, I don't even think crosses Thomason's mind, right? Okay, but the thing is, like, if it had, I think it really hurts the movie because mm-hmm. of the mother, <laughs> because right. once again, to me, the the one of the points of this is you bring your sin with you, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, there's not, you know, the witch is not, the witch is not, you know, causing you to sin. Okay, so like when the mother says at the end, like you were going to take Caleb from me and you were going to take, you know, him from me, meaning the father, like that's a thought she's had the entire time. Okay, mm-hmm. so like if so, what I'm saying is like if, if you had, if you had kind I think it's I think it's you're I think it's an interesting choice, but I think it's the right choice if the idea is to make Thomason the. I don't want to say paragon of virtue, but that's kind of what she is in this movie, mm. you know? Um, right. Cause I, I mean, cause I, I, yeah, I mean, that's, and that's why I said Freudian because you've got this, and I, and I don't even know if that's Freudian, but like you have this, 
you know, you, early on you have this really strange scene, Al, where, like, and I'll even, like, like where, where you know, like, he says, uh, the mother says to uh, Thomason, you know, uh, take your father's rags and wash them. And he goes over there and undresses him. Mm. And I'm just like, that's a really strange <laughs> moment. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like a really, you know, and there's yeah. nothing filmed about it that's like, you know, like there's no like passionate looks or anything like that, but it's just really weird, right. you know, and, and, you know, and, and just kind of, I don't know, almost adds this, you know, almost incestuous feel that this movie has to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I, I like, I, I don't know. Like, I, you know, the, right. the, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, yeah. man. Just, just, just don't, don't take a ten-year-old boy into the woods and, you know, uh, you know, and and not have anything for him to look at. I guess is the moral of the story. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I'm not. Don't get me wrong, I'm not. I'm trying to say that, like, oh, it would be a total improvement if she had been actually repressed instead. I do agree that it was. It was the right choice to have those kind of expectations switched like that. Um, uh, I'm just saying that uh, in spite of the fact that it did um, make sense in the context of the story, it still kind of surprised me to see because it isn't um, anything that I would have expected from this type of film. Um, but no, as far as the scene where she goes over and like undresses her her dad, I don't I don't have enough historical knowledge to know if that was a common thing that happened back then. If that could have just been something that happened, but I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. It, well, here, it, here, it does do it does that. feel out of place today. I will give you it that. Does, does. <laughs> I, I think it's supposed to. But here's what I do know. Okay. Just as, you know, just with the cursory knowledge of the Puritans. I know the Puritans were basically destroyed by their inability to remain pure. Um, you know, and I mean, that was, and, and, and when I say that, I mean, like, you know, there's, there's a plethora of stories out there, um, you know, of sexual acts that, you know, would just be, I mean, mind-boggling even today. And so, like, that, that that's what I'm saying. Like, that that concept, you know, I, I think there's, you know, you only you only get, like, look, you only get the one glance from Caleb down Thomas's shirt. You only get the, you know, and then, you know, that's really all you get, okay? I mean, not that you need any more than that, but I'm just saying, like, but there's a, even with just that, there's this cloud of that over you know, the entire, the entire movie. I mean, the, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, tell me if you read it differently, but in my opinion, the whole reason the mother wants to send Thomason away is because, you know, she's becoming a woman, you know, and therefore, you know, we need to send her away, you know, before she's tempting our young sons kind of thing, you know, cause that, that's, I mean, the, the exact quote is not the exact quote, but to paraphrase is like, she's becoming a woman and she needs to find a place other than here, you know, because there is, I mean, <clears throat> there's almost an Adam and Eve kind of question here where it's like, 
you know, what's the plan beyond just, you know, having the farm here? Because mm-hmm. Thomason's like somewhere between 16 and 20 in this film, okay? Right. So, like, what's the plan beyond that? You know, like, are they just, are, they, are we going to do a shaker thing kind of thing here? We're like, you know, you know, like sex is just gone or like, you know, what, what's the plan beyond this? Uh, and because that's never spoken, I do think there's this cloud over it of this, like, you know, really, you know, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I, this is, I, I don't know, I don't know what our term to use other than sexual tension over this movie. It's just weird, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, it's a question. How, how do you all feel, everyone listening to this uncomfortable podcast? <laughs> <laughs> tell me what you tell me what you think of the potential for sexual tension in a Puritan culture in the yeah. comments below. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know. We well, like, <laughs> be sure to like, comment, and subscribe if you've ever felt sexually <laughs> repressed. <laughs> Uh, anyway okay (laughs) jacob's gonna have a a fun time editing this one yeah i think i think think we've done a really good job keeping a pg-13 for sure for sure by the way this is not a pg-13 film if you're listening to this and are trying to add it onto like your schedule of halloween films this is one you don't want to watch in front of the kids it's got some yeah this is this is pretty got some mature stuff yeah yeah but um yeah so um I do want to get uh, to, to Thomason next, but first I kind of have to go on my own thing here and just talk for a second about some of the imagery used in The Witch because um, I really can't say enough how well done the imagery is. And I mean imagery both in the context of um, just uh, this cinematography um, I talked earlier, I named off um, a few films that A24 has um, has put out. By far, this is the most just like aesthetically just beautiful film that I've seen from them. Um, it opens up and it opens up with just a couple of really nice shots of like the countryside um uh those first couple of shots are very are very bright it's of like the sunrise and the sunset it's very 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 well shot film um it shows a lot more color especially in the first half than a majority of a24 films do um it was kind of a breath of fresh air after having seen the last three things that that studio has put out be very drab and very dark and then the lighthouse which was um, shot in black and white the entire time. Yeah, Midsummer's pretty bright. It is. It is. I'd, yeah. I've got other issues <laughs> with Midsummer that, that keep me from enjoying that part of it. But um, no, it, um, it shot beautifully. And then as far as the imagery used as it pertains to horror films, um, The Witch um, probably uses um, American folktales um as the as the catalyst or the conflict if you will um it probably does that the best that i've ever seen um 
and it does that through through the story it tells and it does that through the imagery as well uh, so there's a note at the end of the film before it goes into uh, um, after this, after the last scene ends, and then before it goes into um, the <laughs> um, casting credits and all that, that says um, the majority of the story of um, the witch is based on um, um, American folk tales. A lot of it is based on um, entries in journals and diaries and th things like that from that time. And so they try to be authentic with it. And things like that and you can really tell that that's true because uh, the story they tell the imagery of uh, of the wilderness in america um the, the imagery honestly of <laughs> of just the goat <laughs> being used as uh, the physical form of of satan um is is an idea that harkens way back to like the early beginnings of the Catholic Church and their attempts to to give a bit more um, uh, a bit more stock to Satan, if you will, um, they adopted the strategy of you know we have to scare people into into either joining the church or staying in the church, and so they adopted a lot of um, these uh, these pagan ideas of um, of like the uh, the combination of man and the natural world. And that's where we get a lot of, of the modern imagery we have of Satan, of being this horned figure and having um, hooves and like uh, the lower half of a goat or the uh, the top half of a bull or what have you. Um, a lot of that harkens back to um, uh, the images that the Catholic Church had um, had paid um, a bunch of artists back then to do and to come up with. And a lot of those can, can again, be traced back to images um, from um, the Druids and different pagan religions of um, Baphomet, who is this, um, uh, this pagan deity that's, that's literally shown to be like half man, half goat, and things like that. And uh, their use of... Of the goat in this, um, I think was very intentional, and I think was a very interesting um, and very much appreciated kind of um, homage to kind of the history of the depiction of Satan and how that um, has a lot of roots in um, in um, pagan religions and iconography of that kind and stuff. Um, and like if you want to. <laughs> If you want to get in to that kind of thing of kind of being able to to trace back what um, our modern idea of Satan or Satanism is, kind of trace it back through the history of the church, back into the early foundations of the Catholic Church, and back farther yet from the kind of images we got from different pagan religions. Um, there's a lot there that that could definitely that could definitely supply your homework for a good. I'm a good uh, rest of the October, <laughs> probably. Um, it's really interesting, and it was just really cool um, as somebody who's read a lot about that to to kind of see that homage in this film. Um, and then uh, the second main imagery they use, which I think is really understated, and I wasn't really able to find a lot about it um, online, um, which was very surprising because as far as I knew, this was a very... 
a common kind of theme in horror is um, you'll see in the film there's several scenes where the father um, kind of spends his time and kind of gets out frustration or just kind of feels his spare time uh, with chopping up wood. And that is a theme you see a lot in horror films. Um, it comes up a lot in films with um, supernatural entities or religious entities uh, that pop up. And uh, kind of the history of that, which again, I think was very intentional and was kind of intended as an homage to those films and stories, is that, you know, it's kind of the action of chopping the wood is kind of a symbol for um, the human struggle to kind of overcome and have uh, physical dominion over his environment. And uh, this this activity of chopping up the wood and using it as fuel for your fire to to cook your food and heat your house and um, and warm your family and things like that is very much shown to be a way that uh, human protagonists or in some cases human antagonists kind of show their struggle and their desperation to get some kind of tangible hold over their world um, and over their physical environment and we see as the movie progresses with each scene that the father um, chops wood he does it a lot more frantically he does it a lot more desperately as he begins to lose his hold on his family um in the process of him losing that hold on his family especially in his mind is due to you know something out in the woods something you know out there in nature but very unnatural to him and is trying to take away his family and trying to take away the things he's worked for um and things like that i was really really impressed with um, how they use that kind of imagery um, um in both of those cases um um yeah josh you have any thoughts on kind of the imagery used or kind of the treatment of of folklore in the yeah well uh, folklore. Um, so you've got the hair. The hair's uh, typical, mm. uh, typical transformation into a witch. Um, that's why the dog dies. You know, uh, in my opinion, to chasing the witch. Um, you know, the the hair. That's just that's all over. Um, you know, the the sixteen sixteen seventeen hundreds, as far as uh, you know, folklore for uh, you know what a witch can do. Uh, their ability to transform, uh, sometimes using hairs as messengers. Uh, another kind of, once again, Al's leaving me all of the uh, creepy stuff to talk about, but <laughs> it has to be said, um, when uh, the mother is uh, having the dream and she ends up, you know, for lack of a better term, nursing the raven, mm-hmm. uh, that's a that's a, um, uh, a standard... Uh, for a witch as well, um, you know, with, uh, part of the folklore for witches back then is that uh, they nursed and and uh, uh, kept ravens or crows, uh, and they were kind of the messengers. Um, and kind of one of the reasons why I honestly, the the only thing one thing I would change in this movie, uh, once again, not to jump too far ahead, but we can jump right back uh, when when they're when all of them are in the. Uh, when the fathers locked them all in the barn or whatever, right. uh, I really wish you had not seen the witch's face there because there, there was a part of me going through this movie going, the mother's the witch. 
you know, mm. and uh, and that that image there uh, leads to that idea uh, that the mother is the witch, um, you know, because that's a that's a that's a witch uh, image. Um, I do also like um, uh, the way a lot of the a lot of the a lot the way they frame embraces uh, are always very um, ambiguous to where if you're not privy to the movie, it could be a hug, it could be an attack. You know, um, they're the, they do that a lot. Uh, the most striking one is when the when the mother is laying on top of Thomason after Thomason's killed her. Uh, the camera just stays on that for a while because it looks, it does, it looks like a loving embrace. If you hadn't seen the, <laughs> the violence beforehand, you know, you would think that, um, that this was a very, uh, you know, very um, loving embrace. Um, so there is, there is a lot of, um, a lot that goes into um, uh, the, uh, the way it's shot. The symbolism I think is really powerful. Uh, if you're looking for a more theological stance on kind of the folklore things that they're doing here, um, you know, basic things like not being able to say Lord's Prayer uh, is a is a big one. Uh, you know, that's when they think that Thomason has bewitched the two uh, the two devil children uh, because they can't say the Lord's Prayer. Um, you know, um, the idea of, of saying that you love the Bible. Uh, you know, um, that you admit you are a sinner, things like this are supposed to be things that announce that you are not, um, that, that you are not a witch or a not um, part of, of the occult. Of course, later on at the Salem Witch Trials, you could say that all day long and, you know, you're still going to die, um, you know. But like, but the, the, that's all very true to life. Um, you know, they like to point out what you said, you know, they did, you know, they went over court records and these are all things that are stated, uh, you know, on like Plymouth plantation and stuff like that. Uh, you know, records of, you know, this is how, you know, they, they, their concept was light and good light and dark can't live together. And therefore, if you can do these things, then you're not a witch. Um, so I mean, they, they, I mean, the movie should be really, um, applauded for doing its, you know, doing its uh, due diligence, you know, as far as uh, looking into things. Um, there's, they, they, you know, like, as much as I disagree with it, uh, you know, they do a fantastic job of explaining um, imputed sin, uh, which is, you know, the idea, uh, the idea that, that, you know, as a, a, every person is born into sin. Uh, their first moment is a sinful moment. Um, they do a fantastic job of explaining that concept. Uh, I'll, I'll say it's a Calvinistic concept. Hopefully, uh, Nick Wilde's listening to this so he can enjoy that. Um, but it is—it's a—it's a Calvinistic concept. They do a good job of explaining it. Um, so I mean, they—they—they they, they did their homework on this movie. Like that was that—that's one of the more impressive things that, that came away from it the second viewing Absolutely. was was how much um, you know how much work they put into this movie. Uh, there's nothing in this movie, you know, uh, that, um, you know, you would that, you know, that, that that's invented, so to speak. You know, they're they're pulling from historical evidence and folklore. Um, 
or at least don't think that's invented by them. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I, but yeah, there, then there's, there's a lot of, I mean, there's, there's a lot of good stuff in here, uh, mm-hmm. worth talking about, but I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, um, let's, let's talk about her. Um, Thomason, uh, the main character of the film, um, um, portrayed um, by Anya Taylor Joy, um, really does an excellent job in this film. Um, I mean, I, you can't understate how good how good of an acting job she does throughout it. Uh, it's just so good. Um, Josh, yeah, man, I'm sure I'm sure you got a lot to say about Thomason, so let us hear it. So yeah, I mean, Thomason is the I think the the sad, the, the tragedy here, if, if this movie's not a horror, it's a tragedy, um, you know, or, or I don't know if you're, you know, well, I mean, or, or, or if you're leaning towards the Satanistic side, I guess it's a triumph, but the, the tragedy here is that the one Christian in this movie is Thomason. Um, the film, so the film does, so the film does an interesting thing with her. Um, I counted and I almost, almost, almost sent you a message out, but I didn't know when you were watching it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I counted 14 times where the movie focuses dead center on her face. Uh, just her face. Uh, that's what's first thing you see in the movie. First thing you see in the movie dead center is her face. Um, and the movie goes back to that motif over and over and over again. Um, you know, and what's well, first thing you see, it's the last thing you see is her face. Well, not really, but still, you know, close enough to the last thing you see is, you know, her face dead center. Um, there's a, there's a lot that goes into this acting job, but one of the things I, I love about Anya Taylor-Joy is, um, you know, when I say I love her face, I'm not saying, just saying she's pretty. <laughs> I'm, I'm really not. I mean, I mean, she's very attractive. Don't get me wrong, but like. You know, she's uh, yeah. My, my mother was a big fan of old movies, and there was a point where Lauren Bacall uses they asked Lauren Bacall what's different between actresses today and actors back then, and she said, Well, you know, we had to use our faces a lot more, you know, we had to, you know, we had to convey a lot more, you know, through you know, because of just uh, technolo- technology and stuff like that, we had to use our faces more. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy, you know uses her face very, very well. She's extremely expressive. Um, you know, her, uh, she does a lot for eyes. She's almost like a, this is a, this is going to sound really creepy, but Hey, we've, we're already there. She's almost like a female Elijah Wood in a lot of ways. Um, because what, what Elijah Wood does in Lord of the Rings, Annie Taylor joy is doing here. Um, because everything is, is with her eyes and with her expressions. And, and, and it, it really is a fantastic, um, acting job but the, but the interesting thing about her is that when she's filmed and and i like i want to watch it again so i can count every single time there's 14 close at least 14 close-ups on just her face mid-frame okay the rest of the time when she's filmed she's very rarely filmed where she's not in the center so if you take like you know if if, if you're you just go back to your you know you know love of art class or whatever okay you know, art always has a has a point where everything comes from. Okay, you, there's always a focal point, and everything is falling out of that point. 
for the entirety of this movie, when she's on screen, everything is falling out of what she's doing. So even when, for example, she runs outside and, um, you know, she runs outside after Caleb dies and uh, uh, the father follows her and, like, is embracing her and everything. And she's talking about this this tree or whatever. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, like, the way they frame that, you know, he's in the background, she's in the foreground, you know, when, you know, when he's, you know, even when they're doing shot reverse shot, when, you know, when he's accusing her of being a witch, he's in his shot off to the side, she's in the middle, <laughs> you know, like the entire time she's the center. And I think there's a sense here of, you know, what they're telling, what, what the movie's attempting to tell you, you know, and I've already said this once is that Thomason is a, is a truly, you know, honest character. So she's framed honestly, you know, there's nothing, you know, about her uh, when the way she's, she's uh, filmed in this movie that has any ambiguity to it. You know, you it, like th there's, there's absolutely no way watching this movie the way we are that you could come to the conclusion that she's the witch. There's no way, you know, because you're, because framed the way you see her, uh, the way you see what she does, why she does it, you know, everything about that is to tell you that of all the characters in this, she's the safe one. Um, every other character gets these really like another great scene when, um, <laughs> when, uh, when the mother is talking about, um, uh, uh, talking about how she hasn't had joy in forever. Uh, you know, she can't find her faith anymore. And like, she's over, she's over Caleb's body, you know, she's, she's not centered and she's, she's got her side profile to you. And then the father is not centered. He's to the left, you know, and he's got his profile to you. You hardly ever see Thomason's character in this movie where she's at a profile or she's at a angle or anything. She's always front and center, you know, looking directly at, at the camera or being filmed in a way where even if she's looking off camera, she's still in the center of the frame. It really is interesting how they did it. And so and it, and it comes back to this idea of like how meticulous they were, you know, with with their with the film because it's um like I said, something I didn't notice the first time, and then when I noticed it really twenty minutes into this movie, you know, I couldn't stop noticing it. You know, every I mean when she's when she's um when she's washing her father's clothes at the river, she's in the middle, Caleb's in the background, you know. When she's telling, you know, when she's like about to kill her little sister or whatever, you know, at the river, which, you know, is also one of my favorite scenes because I, once again, I hate those two kids. Uh, <laughs> but like, you know, she's in the middle walking towards her who is in the background. You know, it's like it's it's it really is interesting how they do it. And and I think it adds so much to the character that even if Thomason didn't say a word in this film, and she does, she has the, you know, and I'll leave some of that to you. She has probably the best lines in the movie, but even if she didn't say a word in this film, you know, the way she's filmed, you would understand like, this is the character that is, you know, that, that is some, that, that is the one you can trust. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think, so that's, that's what I found striking about her 
um, you know, uh, that, that's that's where I'm. Yeah, and and and, I, and like I said, I want to watch it again so I can truly count how many times, you know, this occurs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really, I really enjoy hearing the film. I got, I agree with you. To me, if if you're watching it and you're watching it without any like preconceptions or anything like that of just like, Oh, I bet she's the witch. I'm going to be like trying to hit pick evidence of that. Things like that. Unless you're trying to watch it like that, which I think is consistently a terrible way to watch a movie. But <laughs> unless you're watching yeah. it like that, I don't think you can come away at almost any point in the witch thinking that Thomason is is the one. Um, I think I think she she's a really interesting character to me because um, she. She displays a relationship to the family's um, a religious faith in a really interesting way because there are times where you can tell she's she's taking her faith very seriously. Um, early on in the film, she's shown giving um, confession to God and confessing her sins, and she goes through a whole host of sins. And I've seen some people say just like, "Oh, she's uh, going." the motions and making a big deal with how how like courting to like the puritans and her family everything she does is the same things like that and i don't think that's true i think i think in that scene she's being very genuine in saying you know these are the things i'm doing wrong you know i've i've studied my faith i know that only through through you and your grace i have any i have any absolution of those sins things like that i think in that scene she's taking it very seriously um, however, you're, um, then you go to other scenes and you can tell she's almost having fun and kind of um, poking fun at her family's ideas and, and general Puritan ideas of, of Satan and superstition and things like that. You see that when um, she teases her sister about how, how she's a witch and she, she is going to eat her siblings um, things like that. Um, it really shows that, like, um, at least at the start, at least at the start through, like, the middle point of the film, you can tell that, like, her faith is something that she personally takes very seriously, but she's also able to perceive the areas where, you know, it's possible that other people are taking it a bit too seriously. Or like, um, or that other being hypocritical of certain things, and I think that's a really interesting take on the character. I think it's a way better take than if she had been written as somebody who just flat out hates her family's faith and doesn't want anything to do with it. I think it's a more interesting take than her than having her be the complete. Uh, the complete other way where she's like extremely somber and, and serious about it the whole time. Um, I think it was a really good decision to have her kind of show both sides um, of that spiritual relationship. 
Um, of course, that starts to change as the movie goes on, as she sees more and more of, of her family's hypocrisy. She becomes more and more victimized by her parents um, and her parents' um, assumptions and superstitions and things like that, um, as well as the very real things that are happening because of the Witch of the Woods um, and that kind of thing. Um, I think one thing that's very uh, that's very much not talked about uh, whenever you try to talk about this film online um, or with other people who have watched it, um, I know it's hard to talk to other people right now because of, you know, um, isolation and, and quarantine and all that. But um, I think something that I personally have not seen or heard come up very much is that Thomason throughout the movie is a very resilient character. She's very resilient to uh, the different trauma that happens to her throughout the movie. We kind of forget, you know, we get wrapped up in the themes of religion and hypocrisy and superstition, things like that, that we kind of um, gloss over the fact that um, uh, uh, that Thomason, one of the first things we see happen to her is she gets kicked out of her family's colony along with her family. Um, a decision that very clearly was not up to her. Um, she's taking care of her infant brother and her brother just disappears and is gone and she can't find him. <laughs> um, one of the next things we see is that um, she's talking to Caleb in the woods and um, she talks about their home in England and about how, you know, they had glass in England and there were such good times in England and, and their family was happier and things like that. And you get the very clear feeling that um, Thomason was not on the whole, let's go to America and find our fortune and spiritual purity there boat. Right. She was if it, if it had been up to her, their family probably would have stayed in England where she had grown up and had had all these positive times. Um, and then, you know, before her very eyes, she watches her family lie or or refuse to tell the truth while she gets abused and berated by her mom. Um, she watches her brother have a psychotic episode right before he dies in front of her i mean this is a character who's very who's very resilient um to trauma and i think that's um, a very underrated part of her character in the film it's just a part i don't see talked about very often but it's something that really struck me especially the second time through watching it of just like you know like if this were if this were about anybody else she would like not even be able to like she would like not even be able to like deal with the accusations because she'd be so done. She'd just be like, no, I'm not here for like, for like the witchcraft stuff you guys are talking about. I just want, I've just seen two, two of my brothers die. Like I'm not here. I'm not here for this superstitious stuff you're talking about, but she's still able to, to cope. And she's so resilient that she's able to, to still can connect or try to connect with her family. Uh, through all that's happened to her and through all that's happened to them. Which um, is a really um, impressive facet of her character. Um, but, um, yeah, so, um, talk about the ending. You you have alluded to the fact that um, you have some, some thoughts about the ending of The Witch that I think all of us would like to hear. So, um, Josh, how do you... 
you feel about the ending of the movie, man? Well, I well, so I'm a little, I feel a little better about it now than I did before. I want to I want to talk just real quick about something mm-hmm. that happens up towards the beginning of the ending. Sure. I have real problems um, with parents who lose all faculty of their senses. I can't watch a quiet place again, and because I think you know when there's when when there are you know aliens that you know attack based on sound. And yet you let a three-year-old, you know, bring up the rear. Um, I mean, you're just, you're killing that three-year-old yourself, you know? And so like, I, I think of, and so, so, so here, so, so, so I get that same feeling when I'm watching this movie and the father who knows at this point, okay, like that something evil is happening or at least heavily suspects it. And his, his idea is to lock all the children up in a barn with the goat that might be evil, okay? Right. And then just go to sleep. You know, just <laughs> just go to sleep. Like, you know, and and so, you know, what what did there's only there's 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 only so many ways that could turn out. You know, there's like 17 different ways that could turn out horrible, okay? There's only one way it could turn out well, okay? And by the way, even if it does turn out well, you haven't solved anything, you know? And so I just, I, I, you know, like, that leads back to the, just the, just, I mean, the father deserving everything that happens to him, you know, like what a dumb, dumb idea, you know, to do that. Um, but you know, all that happens. Um, I, you, you talk about Thomason's uh, tenacity and, you know, like I'm, you know, I mean, she waits until the last minute to kill her mother, you know, which mm-hmm. I think is, yeah, you know, shows a lot of, force of will you know i mean she's like you know i mean she doesn't want to do it you know and i mean she she takes a lot before she does it um you know she the 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 ending i had the problem i had with the ending the first time i saw it okay was that i had a real issue with um with thomason who i think had you know genuine love for at the very least caleb and for uh, the baby, okay, mm-hmm. who I think you know, like I think you know, thought very, you know, had genuine love for both of them. It was really, really difficult for me to see her deciding to side with the forces that had killed them. <laughs> you right. know, um, that's the issue out of the ending. That being said. Okay, what I, what I did, and I got to give credit to Kyle here. When I did, you know, my friend Kyle, when I told him, because, you know, when I told him that was my issue with the ending, his basic point was like, well, what do you want her to do? You know, and I mean, he's got a point there. Like, you know, like, there's almost since now when I'm watching it, once again, I'm watching it this time, you know, she's talking to Black Phillip, but there's almost like a sense of, like, desperation. Because, like, I, I I don't like horror movies that end where, you know, the the next step is going to be everyone gets arrested and goes to prison. And that there's a lot of horror movies that end that way. Sure. You know, where it's like, there's no way you can explain this, okay? You know, like, there's no way, like, you know, that this is going to be able to be explained. And, and Thomason, like, it, is she going to go back to the, you know, to the, you know, to... Uh, you know, to her colony or whatever, and just be like, mm-hmm. "Hey, 
you know, um, both my parents died horribly, and <laughs> all of the children disappeared. I don't know what happened. I mean, they're going to burn her at the stake. So yeah. you know, I and this t- you know when I'm watching it this time, I'm a little more uh, sympathetic to what happens at the end. You know, where it's almost like, well, you know, I've got two choices here. You know, and the the least, you know, the least evil of the choices seems to be, you know, joining up with Satan here. Um, you know, so I so the I don't have I don't have the issues I have the ending before. Um, you know, I I do think if you're you know if you're trying to see this, you know, from a theological standpoint, um, you know, like there's almost a tragic element here because the one good person in this family, you know, uh, has you know joined, uh, you know, joined the witches, um, you know, and so I, I you know I do, I do see see that as a as almost a tragic element, but I got, I, I mean, I read a whole lot, you know, I mean, there's a, you know, there's plenty of, you know, same with the midsummer ending, you know, which I've had issues with. There's plenty of, you know, hot takes out there on, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the freedom that she's now offered and all that stuff. And I don't really <laughs> see it. Like I said, you know, it's still a bunch of people eating babies. So like, there's a problem there, but, uh, you know, I don't care how much freedom you got. If you're eating babies, you're probably, probably not, not a good group to be around. Um, you know, and I know that's, that's a controversial statement, but I'm just going to, I must stick to my guns on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but so I, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what, I mean, what do you think of the ending Al? Like, you know, what, what is your opinion of it? Yeah, no, I gotcha. Yeah. Um, these are the hot takes you can expect at Phantom Correspondence. Yeah, don't eat those, baby. You know, That's I'm, a hot I'm, I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not <laughs> sure an abundance of personal liberty is is worth eating babies. That's a it's a hot take here. here yeah. at Fest. That's what we're all about. Um, but um, uh, no, um, I do I do appreciate that you bring up the ending um, of. It's summer um, as kind of a comparison, um, which is interesting, which, yeah, I've heard that interpretation of the ending of, of that movie as well. And it's just like, oh, yeah, sure. She has just all kinds of freedom now with this, you know, this cult who who drugged her and gave her the illusion of autonomy and actually abused her. But that's fine. Um, anyway, going back to the witch, <laughs> going back to the witch, it's fine. Um, yeah, this was, um, I got, I gotta hand it <laughs> to the witch, man, because this is one of the few, um, movies I've ever seen, horror film or otherwise, <laughs> regardless of if you consider it a horror film or not. This is one of the few movies I've ever seen where the ending made me the first time I watched it, the ending made me have like an audible reaction to it because up to, up to the point where Thomason goes back out to the barn up to that point, I'm watching the movie and I'm having this like internal debate within myself where I'm just like, okay, I'm trying to figure out, what is the essence of what the filmmaker is trying to say? 
and I'm trying to figure out like how I'm supposed to interpret these things. Is he trying to say that some of it is happening in their minds? Is he trying to say there is a mystical thing out in the forest? Is the witch we've seen, is that real? Is that a figment of their imagination? Is it like a symbol within like the American wilderness they're trying to, to make a connection to? What's going on? But the one assumption I had leading up to the ending of the movie was it's not actually the goat. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, like this movie is taking itself way too seriously to actually have a black goat be the physical instrument of Satan and is whispering things to children. Like, there's no way that's going to happen. So up to the point where she goes back to the bar and I'm watching it, and, like, I'm only, like, halfway absorbing what's on the screen because I'm so, I'm so hard at trying to figure out what it is I'm supposed to be taking away from it. With the one security blanket I have being, it's it's not going to be the goat. And then she goes out to the barn and she talks to it. And I'm just like, it's still not going to be the goat. The movie is probably about to end right here with like the big question of just like, is she, is there a reason why she was talking? Is she going to get an answer? Things like that. And then the goat just talks. <laughs> it made me one of the few movies I've ever seen that got an audible reaction out of me because I was just like, oh my god, it's actually the goat. Never mind. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> like, good job. Good job, Robert. You got me. Like you, you totally got me with that. I thought for sure it wouldn't be the goat, but here we are. Um and, then, and of course he talks to the goat. The goat uses a very a very um um, suede voice is an adjective I'd probably use for that voice. I just seductive. like seductive, yeah, yeah, su- suedish, very seductive. You know, just kind of a velvety kind of whisper to it. And do you then, want to live deliciously. Do you want to live deliciously? You know, turns into an ASMR video for about half a minute, and then, um, and then she has like uh, the conversation with uh, the goat, who gradually manifests himself into a man. Um, and she joins the coven of witches, um, with a goat in tow. Um, I like to think my headcanon is that she's the only one who's, who's seen Satan in human form and all the other witches at the coven have only seen the goat because when she goes and meets up with the other witches, um, Satan is back in his goat form, which I found kind of hilarious. So I'm just like, Oh, is she the only one who knows he isn't actually a goat or all the other witches going to blow their minds when you see them? But um, no, I thought, yeah, the ending was definitely an ending that got me. <laughs> um, uh, but I think it was fine. I think I think horror films or horror esque films, depending on how you want to interpret the witch. I feel like this genre suffers more than other film genres do, um, and not just in film, um, in in books as well. Um, I just see it happen so often. It struggles to have a good, satisfying ending. I think that happens a lot with horror films. I think it's a common flaw of the genre. Um, even some of like, you know, the masters of horror, um, even King, who has three to five horror books on the bestsellers list every year. Um, you know, you read his books and nine out of ten times the ending isn't good. I mean, it's just, 
And I don't think that's so much a commentary on Stephen King as it is just a, a commentary on the horror genre. You know, it's hard for a genre built on building up suspense and building up fear and building up some kind of a mysterious tone to it to have a satisfying ending. Um, I think The Witch is a movie that does it pretty well compared to a lot of its contemporaries, especially because I, I do think that's a problem that's gotten worse over the years. Um, um, so yeah, I think The Witch has a comparatively good ending for what it is um, compared to other films of its time um, in the last few years. Um, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Other than the shock I felt when the goat talked, um, <laughs> I wasn't really like blown away by like uh, the ramifications or the implications of of the ending of the movie. But it was fine. I thought it was fine. I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it, it was a it was a fine ending. Uh, the witch in general, I'd give like an eight out of ten. It's a great film. I think everybody, um, as long as you're able to watch. Uh, of the darker and more visceral scenes. I think everybody should try to watch it. Um, but yeah. I'll say, I'll say this real quick, Al. If you'd been listening like to the words of the songs that the, that the little evil twins are saying through the whole film, yeah. you wouldn't have been that surprised at the end of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Because there's no one, I mean, like, who's teaching them those songs? I mean, like, they're, you know, like, I mean, there's no one else to teach them that, you know, and like, it's literally like, you know, Black Phillip, you know, is riding down and he's going to crush the world under his feet. I mean, that's not exactly what's being said, but like, it's, it's all very much, you know, about how Black Phillip is the ruler, you know, and, you know, he's the king and he, you know, and, you know, he, he takes the nanny and, you know, I mean, just, I mean, this all this stuff is very, you know, like you either, either I got to believe the twins are making that up. <laughs> you know, which, 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 honestly, here's the thing. I got to be honest with you, okay? If this ending, the 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 only alternate ending I would have accepted to this movie had been if you found out that the twins were actually like centuries old demons, and <laughs> at the end of this movie they're behind all of it. I would have been like, okay, that makes perfect sense, actually. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that would have made more sense than the Black Phillip ending, actually, I think. Yeah. yeah we didn't enough. talk enough on this podcast about how horrible those children are. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. There could be an entire other episode of the podcast, honestly, just talking is. about how awful the twins are in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, man. That's The Witch. Again, it's a good one. I think everybody um, should try to watch it. It'd make a very good, even if there is some contention on whether it's strictly a horror film or not, I think it'd make a very good addition to everybody's um, October list. Um, but yeah, Josh, any any last thoughts, any last words? On yeah, I'd, I'd uh, you know, second time I watched it, I'd give it about an 8.5, you know, out of 10. Yeah. I think I'd originally give it about an eight, so I'll I'll give it that extra five point five there. I do think I, I don't. Um, I think I think this this is my thing of all the A twenty four movies. Okay, every one of them paints themselves into a corner, and uh, they have a hard time getting themselves out of that corner. Mm. 
And uh, so I, I think I think that's I think that's true of the wish to an extent. Um, you know, because I you know the ending there's no other there's no other ending to have other than the one they do have. Um, so you know, I mean, and I I don't you know I, I agree with you. I think hard movies have a hard time having a good ending. So uh, so I, I you know I don't you know I, it's 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 a very very good movie. Uh, it's probably, you know, one of the better, you know, horror-esque movies of the past 10 years. You know, there's probably not anything that's come out that I'd really put above it other than, you know, maybe like Get Out and uh, yeah. You're Next. You know, those are probably two I'd probably put above it. But, uh, but no, it's a fantastic movie. And, yeah, I think I think you should watch it. You know I mean? It's, if nothing mm-hmm. else, it's, it's one of the best shot movies I've ever seen. Mm, for sure. For sure, yeah, yeah, same. But um, but yeah, it's a good one. Um, as I said earlier, um, it probably uses um, it probably uses American folklore as as a setting and as a catalyst. Um, the best of any film I've seen, horror or otherwise. So um, so yeah, it's worth a watch. But um, all right, y'all. Well. That is it for tonight, Joshua. I uh, uh, thank you for your um, insightful comments about uh, the theology and also just kind of the art uh, with uh, within the movie. It's a movie that tries to say a lot, and, um, and yeah, it's always a blast to have you on here and talk about these kinds of things. Um, if if you all enjoy hearing us talk about these kinds of things. Um, again, I just want to reiterate, uh, Horror Fest is a month-long uh, project we're doing here at Phantom Correspondence. Um, go on our website, check out our articles, check out our podcasts, check out our streams, all that good stuff. And again, um, if you've listened to a couple of these now and you think, oh, boy, I'd like to have some kind of say in what they talk about next, um, head over to our Patreon, um, cost us a dollar. And you can vote on what the last um, film uh, will be in this horror fest um, series of Phantom Talks. And what uh, are those movies again, Al? That we can oh vote yeah, on? oh yeah. So you can currently vote um, from four options. You can vote from um, Stephen King's Harry. You can vote on The Thing, um, which is a a classic horror film. Um, it's a favorite of mine. Uh, you can vote on. Uh, the fourth kind, uh, which is probably my favorite alien-based um, horror film. Um, and then um, I am blanking on the last one, Josh. Cabin in the Woods. You remember? Cabin in the Woods. That's right. And um, yeah, if you want to, if you want to get into like an Inception kind of thing where we are talking about uh, kind of a way to. T- he construct horror films and themes uh, that get us talking about Cabin in the Woods, where we're just trying to to deconstruct a movie that he constructs horror movies. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, so those are the options of Patreon if you want to um, hop on, uh, toss a dollar away and vote. Uh, but even if you don't, uh, we always really appreciate y'all tuning in to check out our podcasts. I always say when I close this thing out, there's millions of podcasts out there that you could um, spend your time with. So um, it really does mean the world to us. 
uh, that you would choose ours. So um, yeah, and just a reminder that we talked about some some weird stuff tonight, uh, but you know what? It's what we're a fan of, and as we say all the time, fandom is for everybody. And as always, we appreciate your time with us, and we wish you an excellent night. <laughs>